Welcome to The Hive, a natural Christian mama's podcast. We are so glad you're listening to us today. Jackie, Bethany, and Shelby are three natural Christian mamas who run a ministry by that name. Check out our website and blog at www.naturalchristianmamas.org. Follow us on Facebook. Just search Natural Christian Mamas. And take time to join our Facebook community. Search Natural Christian Mamas Community. Jackie, Bethany, and Shelby are three mamas who love Jesus, choose to embrace natural living, and desire to help other mamas do the same. Please keep in mind that anything said on the show is our opinion. We are not medical professionals. What we say is most likely based on extensive research, but it's important for you to do what is best for your family. I want to thank you guys for being with me here today. It's just Jackie. Shelby and Bethany are busy with their crazy lives, but we wanted to come and chat with you about gentle parenting. What is gentle parenting? What are the goals of gentle parenting? And kind of just a small brief overview of gentle parenting. Gentle parenting is a topic that comes up a lot in our group. It is something that a lot of the moms want to know more about, and it's something that we weren't really raised with. So it's definitely a struggle for all three of us, I know, to embrace gentle parenting. And it took a lot for us to research, a lot of time and energy and prayer to really understand the heart of Jesus and how that ties into how we parent. I'd like to start off just right there and just say that the reason that we parent, the reason that I parent in a way that is gentle or respectful or whatever you would like to call it, is because that's the way that Jesus parents me. He parents me with love. He parents me with grace, lots of grace, and he parents me with respect. We can look in the Bible and see that God was punitive and sometimes, but ultimately when Jesus handles anything, it has to do with grace and love. When I make choices, it's out of my relationship with Jesus. I do the things that he asks me to because of my relationship with him. It stems from that. It stems from our connection. It does not stem from fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And God does not want us to respond to him because we are scared of him, but because we love him. Everything has to do with love. The greatest of these is love, right? Well, gentle parenting, also known as respectful parenting or Christ-like parenting. There's a lot of myths that surround this type of parenting. Some people will say that gentle, the people who choose gentle parenting are permissive. They would like to say that gentle parenting does not work. There's always stories about people who choose to not gentle parent because they saw one person doing it and their children were a menace. And I just like to say that all children are a menace from time to time. That's just kind of the way they are. Um, And I even myself am a menace sometimes. So just one situation cannot really dictate whether gentle parenting works or does not work. Other myths include that there is no discipline with gentle parenting. And honestly, that's quite the opposite. Gentle parenting is about discipline because the root word of discipline is disciple and disciple means to teach, right? Just like Jesus taught 
his disciples and his apostles and that followed him. So if anything, gentle parenting is more about discipline than other types of parenting. It's just, do you understand what discipline is? Because discipline tends to mean punitive punishment or using timeouts for forced abandonment. But honestly, discipline is about teaching your children. In any situation, you have two choices. Do you want to help your children learn how to make better choices or do you want to force them to make better choices? I want my kids to learn how to make better choices so they make the good choices even when I'm not standing there, when there's no carrot on the stick forcing them, encouraging them to make those good choices. Other myths regarding gentle parenting. There are no consequences. Well, there are consequences. There are plenty of consequences. People who gentle parent tend to use natural or logical consequences. A natural consequence is... Well, little Susie left her toy out overnight and it rained and now it's not working anymore. Sorry, little Susie, your toy is broken because you were irresponsible and didn't put it away, right? You were forgetful. Now, sometimes, you know, when a parent sees that, they can choose grace and they can pick the toy up and bring it inside. But there are other times where allowing natural consequences to happen is the best lesson because you're not the bad guy, you're not forcing something that otherwise wouldn't be there. You're just allowing what happens to happen. The other type of consequence is a logical consequence. So this isn't a natural consequence, but you know, if little Susie decides to leave her puzzles out, then her puzzles get put away where she can't play with them for, you know, whatever amount of time. Or... You know, if she decides that she's going to hit somebody with a toy, well, then the toy is going to go away for the rest of the day. These are logical consequences. An illogical consequence would be, oh, you hit somebody with a toy, so I'm going to spank you. Or you hit someone with a toy, you need to go sit in timeout. Or you hit someone with a toy or left your puzzles out, so now you are going to have to not be able to watch TV all day or something like that. So there are different options there as to what consequences work and what don't. And when you gentle parent, you choose natural consequences. Another myth is that there are no rules. There is no structure when it comes to gentle parenting households. Obviously, I disagree that there is no, that there are no rules or no structure. There are rules. There is structure. There are boundaries. The kids are not ruling the home. But I think that people from the outside looking in don't understand how gentle parenting works. Gentle parenting works through intrinsic motivation. That's motivation from the inside out versus motivation from the outside in. I want my children to make good choices because they are choosing to do so because they were born good. I tell my kids all the time, you know, you are gods and you are loved and you are good. God made you good. That is why we are to make good choices because this is how God designed you. This is what God intended for you when he created you with his hands. He wanted you to do good. So that's how we really guide our children to make good choices. But if we put down um a rule or a request, my kids are free to question it. 
there's no problem there. What's wrong with questioning and understanding? Yes, sometimes they're questioning because they're trying to change the rule or make you really, you know, change what's going on. And honestly, sometimes the rule makes no sense when they start to probe it and then you start to try to explain it and you're like, actually, that's a dumb rule. I don't even know why I made that. Sometimes I find I actually make rules simply because my parents had those rules and they didn't even really have a good reason for it. And I just kind of did the same thing. And then I go, well, why do I have that rule? That rule makes no sense to me. I don't see value in that rule, that boundary. So we eliminate it. And I explained to them, I'm like, oh man, like, I didn't really think about it. There really is no reason for that rule. But we do have a rule about screen time. We do screen time. We do TV time, movies or shows on Saturdays only. That is our rule. The kids don't even ask for it any other day because they know. We do do video games um, occasionally through the week. But when it comes to a show, they do not watch anything until it's on Saturday and they know that. But at first, it was constantly them asking, well, why can't we? Why can't we? Oh, it's Friday. That's close enough. Or it's Sunday. It's, you know, it's okay. And now they don't. But we just had to say, look, this is the line. And this is where it is. And this is the boundary. And this is why. And we explained all of that. And they understood it. Now, there are other times where we say, you know, hey, it's time for us to go home from the park. And they're like, oh, mom, can I have one more minute? And I'm like, okay, you can have one more minute. And that's fine. Like, it's no big deal. There's there's a give and a take. And it goes both ways. And when they understand that you are on their team, you are on their side, they're a lot more willing to work with you. Because that's what it comes down to. It's not just not spanking. It's not just no timeouts because that's another myth. People think that gentle parenting is just simply no spankings and no timeouts. Well, yeah, it's no spanking and no timeouts because those things don't work effectively in the long term. Science has made it clear that those things don't work. So I'm not even going to get into why they don't work because you can do a Google search and find out that spanking causes aggression. Spanking causes all these other issues and timeouts cause kids to go, No kid sits in timeout and goes, man, I really shouldn't have hit my brother. No, they just go, hmm, next time I'm going to do it without getting caught. Or, geez, mommy really hates me. Why did she put me all alone where she can't be with me? Right? Timeout doesn't work in the sense that we hope it works. It doesn't make kids think about what they have done. It doesn't make them do that. So if that's why you're using timeout, I want to encourage you to think about if it's actually being effective, if it is producing the results in your child's heart that you want, because we're not just raising children for the sake of having obedient children. We are called and tasked to raise the next generation of leaders that are going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are going to want leaders that are independent thinkers, leaders who are curious, leaders who push boundaries, leaders who stand up for justice and stand up for what is right, even when the entire world tells them it's fine. We want to raise leaders that are going to break chains, open gates, go where people have never gone before and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And we can't do that if we have children that simply accept what they are told to do. Now, that's not saying obedience isn't something that we want. Because obviously, you know, I want my kid to listen when it comes to safety. I want them to listen to help them 
the whole household moves you know, smoothly. We want them to listen and we do want them to obey because God calls us to obey. But I obey Jesus out of a relationship with him. I obey him because we have that connection and because I want to obey him because I trust he is on my team. He has the best for me. You know, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Well, God work, works for my good. So of course I'm going to follow him because he is good. He is God. And that's what we want for our children. We want them to obey out of a relationship, not out of fear, which we've already talked about. But all of this stuff really comes full circle when it comes to gentle parenting. It all kind of overlaps because that's just the way it is. It's a very holistic way of looking at parenting and looking at how we are raising the next generation of leaders for Christ. Back to the kids ruling the home thing. There are times where my children will barter with me or try to come up with compromises together. And I love that. I mean, obviously, it would be nice if I said something and my children just did it without questioning. But the reality is, is that when they are able to think about things and present a logical argument, that is so great for their brain. It is so great for their future. So many people today can't go into their boss and say, hey, man, like I work really hard. I'd like a raise or I'd like health insurance or I'd like something because they're so scared to stand up for what they believe is something they should have. And I'd love for my children to learn that at a young age, that they can question me respectfully and that they can come up with a compromise with me and that I'm willing to work with them with something. And again, obviously, there are boundaries that we do not cross and they know that. And when there is a boundary, there is pushback from them. And I just allow them to have their feelings. I handle them in a way that's loving and full of grace I try to. I don't always do it because I'm human and I fail. But when it comes to gentle parenting, you allow them to have all of their emotions. No emotions are bad. Don't be scared of crying. Don't be scared of yelling. Let me phrase that. Don't be scared of your children crying or yelling because they are going to yell. They are going to cry. They are going to be sad when you set a boundary and they don't get what they want. That's just in their nature. They're children. They can't wait. They're impatient. They have no or very little self-control over what they do. They, they have low impulse control. They see it. They think it. They do it. That's just the way their brains are developing. It's important to understand brain development when it comes to raising children so you can assist them in the proper way that they need. Those are some of the myths and kind of a little introduction to some of the things we're going to be talking about. What is gentle parenting? Gentle parenting is having the long view in mind. It's not expecting instant obedience. The goal is long term. God doesn't expect instant obedience from us. He does expect obedience, but obedience is a pathway. It is a journey of choosing every single day to follow Jesus. And sometimes on that path, we step off and then we get back on. But the path is always there. God is always waiting for us. You think about the story of the prodigal son. Jesus was waiting in that story that's, you know, Jesus is the father and we are the son and we've messed up and gone our own way. And yet God is still waiting for us and still has good things for us. And that's what we need to think about when it comes to our children. 
what do you want from your adult children? And we already touched on that. You know, we want these amazing things. We want them to be independent thinkers and curious minds and speak up for the truth and not be afraid of their own voice. That's what we want. We want them to know these things. And the only way we can do that is by raising them to understand that these are okay. You can do all these things respectfully. You can disagree respectfully. You can have an argument respectfully. You can stand up for justice respectfully. You can do all of these things while still remaining respectful and honoring of the people that are in leadership or, you know, in this case, your children respecting you as a parent. They're not always going to respect you. Like that's the reality there. My children are five and three and one. Obviously, the one-year-old is the easiest right now um, because he doesn't talk yet. But, you know, the three and the five-year-old do have moments where they are disrespectful. And I just remind them like, hey, bud, I need you to redo that. That was not very kind the way you said that to me. And just reminding them, okay, someone said once, I don't remember where it was, but I absolutely loved it. And I draw it to mind a lot is that children are like, it's probably one of the books that I'm going to recommend later, but children are like aliens who've come to this planet and don't understand our customs. Because it's true. Why do we put the fork on this side of our plate? Why do we use this? Why is this a finger food and that not a finger food? You know, there's certain customs that we just do, but they don't understand why. And honestly, it doesn't make sense sometimes. Again, going back to the rules, why are you putting them in place? Is there an actual legitimate reason? Is this working towards your long-term goal? Or is it just because that's a rule you've always had in place? Okay. So constantly be thinking and be willing to humble yourself and change the way that you do things because your children deserve the best. So here's some things that I find very important when using respectful parenting or Christ-like parenting, whatever you choose to call it. Gentle parenting tends to have some baggage attached to it, so I don't always say be gentle parent. I prefer respectful parenting as the phrase. But whatever, whatever you want to call it is good. When it comes to parenting, connection is vital. I'm going to say that again because I'm saying it for myself. <laughs> connection is vital. It starts with attachment as a baby. You know, things like co-sleeping, baby wearing, responding to your child when they cry, nursing on demand, you know, all of those things where your baby is securely attached to you. A securely attached child will actually become more independent than a child that is forced to be independent. Now, that's not saying if you didn't do these things, it's too late, your child's done for, you might as well have another one. No, absolutely not. That's not how this works. But if you do have a new baby and you're thinking about how you should parent, definitely look into attachment parenting. Dr. Sears has a lot of information about it. It's pretty fantastic. And it really, to me, is the way that nature intended for us to parent our children and to love on our children. So I encourage you to look into that. So connection is vital. The better your connection with your child, no matter the age, the better they will be to cooperate. So more connection equals more cooperation. 
when my child, when my five-year-old or my three-year-old is feeling disconnected from me, if we are going, 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 and I haven't been able to stop and really focus on them, even for 10 minutes, then I find that they are so much more challenging. They don't want to cooperate. They don't want to help. They don't want to go to the store. They don't want to put their shoes on. It's a fight just to get them to go to the bathroom sometimes. But I find when I front load our day with connection, it helps right after breakfast, you know, spend some time on the floor playing with the kids, actually focusing on them 100% if you can. No phone, no distractions, no TV. Don't even think about all the emails you have to get to today or all the chores you have to do. Just focus on your children for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Special time is really vital. Um, but I have three young children. It's not something I can't really do one-on-one time every day with them. But ahaparenting.com has a lot of articles. Special time is one of those articles that are really good, especially if your child, if one particular child is having a hard time for you to look into that and just do crazy things, run around and jump and play. My boys are very physical. So when we need to connect, I often ask them what they want to do and then we do what they want to do. So if that's me chasing them or tickling them, or we play a game called hugs and loves and kisses. It's one of my favorites. And we run around the house and I'm like, get over here and give me some hugs and loves and kisses. And they giggle and they run around and I pretend that, you know, they're faster than me and I grab them and scoop them up and kiss them. And then they push me away and, oh, how are you so strong? You know, so it's a lot of giving them the ability to overpower me. You know, all day, every day, I'm saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. Obviously, respectfully, but still, you know, okay, it's time to eat. Okay, it's time to get dressed. Okay, it's time to go to the store. They don't have much of a choice when it comes to a lot of things. So giving them a playful way to overpower you in a scenario that is, you know, 10 or 15 minutes long will go a long way. Also, along with that, give them choices. You know, my three-year-old gets dressed and sometimes... I don't know what he is wearing, but you know what? He's dressed and I'm not even going to complain because he is happy and he is wearing something that he picked out and it's one less thing I have to fight with him about. And I'm okay with that. You have to pick your battles. What's important? Is it important for your child to look put together every day or is it important for you to retain the relationship you have with your child? And for me, it's that relationship above all else, having that connection and that relationship no matter what happens, is really key to the way that I choose to parent. So again, it starts with connection. Connection is important. Better your connection with your child, the more they will cooperate. I promise you. I promise you. And again, like I said, AHA Parenting is great. It has so many different resources and um, she has a bunch of games, physical games to play that are really good for this kind of thing. The next thing that's important about gentle parenting or parenting, as I like to call it, communication, communication. So all behavior is communication. All behavior is communication. So when they are acting crazy and rude and you are so angry at them because they are just not letting you cook dinner or nurse the baby or fold the laundry or whatever you are trying to accomplish in that moment, 
It is because they need something. That is why they're acting like that. And while my three-year-old and my five-year-old can use their words, sometimes they can't. Sometimes they are just so overwhelmed by their big emotions that words can't express it. And they need us at that moment. So it's important to understand how children communicate and also how you communicate with them. It's important to get down to their level. It's important to you know, maybe touch their shoulder and connect with them before you interact and tell them what you need them to do. If they're playing in the other room, don't yell, hey guys, it's time for dinner. Walk in there if you can and say, hey guys, what you doing? Oh, I see you're playing with Legos. Oh, I love how you used, I see how you used red for that. Oh, hey man, I see how you're building with your blocks or whatever. Just comment on what they're doing. Maybe ask them a question, get their attention slowly onto you. And then ask if they can go set the table because it's almost time for dinner. Now I have three kids. So there are times where I'm like, hey man, time for dinner. Go set the table, please. And he does. But if he, if my oldest doesn't, because he's too involved in what he's doing, I will go and I will do what I, what I said before, where I get down on his level and talk to him in a better way. So that seems to work and it's respectful. I don't like being yelled at from another room and I don't like having to stop what I'm doing immediately to come do something else that I wasn't prepared to do. So we need to be respectful of them because they are people in their own right. Also, it's important to note that delayed obedience is still obedience. This is something that I've been working on lately, understanding is that just because your child does not jump the moment you ask them to do something does not mean they are being disobedient. Maybe they're in the middle of finishing something. I know that I like to finish reading the page that I'm on before I put down my book, or I like to finish the dishes before I move on to something else. And the same with them. Sometimes they are just waiting to finish what they are doing. Or sometimes I even find my kids just need a moment to actually process what I've asked them to do. So delayed obedience is still obedience. Work on that, mull on that. That one's a hard one, but it's the truth. It still happens. They're still doing what you've asked them to do, even if it's two or three minutes later. Another really key point in gentle parenting is to understand your child's brain development. Their brains are so underdeveloped, even until the point of when they are teenagers and young adults, their brains are still developing. And one of the last thing that things that develop are their ability to truly understand the consequences for all their actions, which you'd hope that that was one of the first things that developed, but unfortunately it is not. Understanding their brain development really helps me to understand what they are capable of doing. And also understanding that just because they were capable of it today doesn't mean they're going to be capable of it tomorrow. A lot of what they can handle has to do with how much sleep they've gotten, how connected they feel to you, how stressed they are or anxious they are about their day. Um, If they're hungry or not, I'm not sure if I said that. If they've had enough outside time, I find my kids kind of go stir crazy. So I send them outside all the time. I'm like, look guys, it's time for outside play. You need to go run around for a bit. And then they're able to cooperate better and sleep better. So, and I'm all about my kids sleeping well at night. Also, when it comes to their brain development, they go through phases One phase that many two-year-olds go through is an issue with hitting. 
My first child did not go through it as much, but my second child, surely he did. And it was a long one and it was a hard one. He would be at the playground and he would hit other kids for absolutely no reason. He would hit when he was angry. He would hit if someone took a toy that he wanted. He would hit whenever, just because he felt like it. And I was just more vigilant about being with him at the playground and trying to stop it before it started and just remembering and reminding myself that this is a phase. I can choose to punish him punitively through this phase and he'll get through it or I can choose to focus on our relationship and give him grace and give him the time and the space that he needs to get through it. The thing is, is that kids go through phases, no matter how you choose to parent, but how you choose to parent will affect them for the rest of their life. You know, did you punish them for something that was a biologically normal developmental stage? You can't punish a child for being a child. I mean, you can, but it's ineffective And there's a reason that they go through these phases as frustrating as they are. They need our grace and they need our understanding. So the more you know about their brain development, the better. And the book, The Whole Brain Child is a great place to start. I didn't read that one, but I read No Drama Discipline and it went over the overview of A Whole Brain Child and brought a lot of the science into it. But reading The Whole Brain Child would definitely be beneficial for understanding the phases. You are your child's North Star. You are what they are looking for. They need you. They want you to lead them. Even when they don't think they do, they want you to. When they're pushing boundaries, they don't want you to give in every single time because then they're not going to believe that you are their strong North Star. They're going to believe that they are in control. And that is honestly terrifying for them. They can't handle being in control. They need you to be in control. Could you imagine if Jesus just said, all right, you're in control. Good job. Do your thing. Like that would be scary. I am so solid in my ability to remain at peace because I know that ultimately God is in control. I can choose to work with him and things go a lot smoother for me and I can choose to fight against him. And then things are more challenging due to natural consequences of my actions. But I know ultimately, no matter what I choose to do, that God is still in control. And our children need that as well. They need that example of us being in control and being their North Star. But that doesn't mean we can't ask for forgiveness when we mess up, that we can't change our mind, that we can't be soft and gentle. We can do all of those things and we can be grace-filled when we parent while also remaining their North Star to guide them and help them because that's what we need to do, right? When someone follows the North Star, some people might follow it by sea. Some people might follow it by going around mountains, but ultimately they are still following the star, even though they're doing it in many different ways. And that's like our children. Every child you have is going to be different. What works with child number one is not going to work with child number two. The only thing inevitable with children is that there is always going to be change changes in their phases, changes in the way they behave, changes in the fact that every child is different. So just be willing to change and and shift and go with the flow when it comes to the way you parent your children and what you're expecting. It's important to 
give them respect. They learn respect by understanding how it's modeled. If you want them to be respectful, then you need to show them how to be respectful. They need us to be empathetic. When they are having those big, hard emotions, when they are having a big, hard day, when they can't have the cookie that they wanted, they're going to have some big feelings. And you can choose to make them be quiet or you can choose to help them through it. And when you actually choose to shut down their emotions, you are not allowing them the important skill of emotional regulation. They need to go through almost the stages of grief when they don't get what they want. And sometimes it'll be done quickly and they can get to acceptance, but other times it will be bartering and denial and all those other phases that come with accepting, you know, going through the stages of grief. And we need to understand that. And empathy is one of the most important things you can do as a parent. It's the way that you maintain your boundaries, but also are helping their little, their little souls be respected and their little souls be hugged, if you will, even though they don't always want to be hugged. You can do what's called um, just, you know, a stay listen where you just stay and listen. I'm here. I hear you did not want to go home. I hear that you wanted to stay all day. Yes, I hear that is so hard for you. And just really just reiterating to them the things that you're hearing. Or even if they're in the middle, if your two children are in the middle of an argument or if they're having a hard time, there's this thing called sports casting, which is really great too, where you're just like, oh, I see that Susie doesn't really like that you're not sharing the toy with her. Or, you know, sometimes we'll use sports casting in a completely different way where I'm, you know, I've asked the kids to put their shoes away and I'll just be like, instead of being like, get over here, put your shoes away. I already asked you three times. Why don't you listen? Blah, blah, blah. Just like shoes are in front of the door or shoes are in the hallway, you know, and just letting them know like their shoes are still there. And then usually they come and they do that or I ask them nicely. So it's important when parenting in this way that you completely change your mindset about parenting and you change your expectations, expectations to meet their brain development and their personal development. My oldest is strong willed, very strong willed. And if I put a line in the sand and I'm like, you must do this, that does not work for him. He fights it. And you know what? I'm the same exact way. He is my kid through and through. Don't tell me to go left because I will go right just because that's the way I'm wired. God made me this way and I definitely work with it. And I'm not always, you know, rebel um, over everything. I don't do that. But there are a lot of times where if you put a line in the sand and don't give me a choice, then I have a hard time. And my son is the same way. So I often come at it this way. If I find he's having a hard time with a limit that I've set or something I've asked him to do, I'm like, look, bud, you're in control of your body because he is, right? Like if he doesn't want people to hug him or kiss him, like it's his body. He's in control of his body. If he wants a haircut, we do that. That's fine. Like I am going to respect his body. And he has the choice of, of doing thing A that I've asked him to do. And I'll say, look, bud, you can do this thing I've asked you to do. 
and then we can go and play or we can then you can go jump on the trampoline or you can continue to fight this and not put your shoes away or whatever and then it's going to take longer until you can jump on the trampoline and I'm going to get kind of frustrated since I asked you to do this 20 minutes ago. The choice is yours though with what you would like to do but until you've you know shoes away first then jump on the trampoline and that's also important the way you say things. If you say, if you don't put your shoes away, then no trampoline. Well, that's a punishment. And that doesn't work. That's not what we're here for. But you can say it like this. And I know it is just semantics, but it means a lot. You can say, once your shoes are away, then you can jump on the trampoline. Shoes first, then trampoline. And if they keep coming at you, just say, asked and answered, shoes first, then trampoline. And eventually they'll understand that that is your boundary. It is not a punishment. It is a boundary that you've told them to do and asked them to do and a line that you are holding. Other things that are important when it comes to gentle parenting is self-care. Take care of you. You cannot give to them if you are empty. If you are frustrated and stressed out and haven't gotten a break in a long time, then it's hard for you to be able to be gentle. At least for me, I have no patience when I don't take time for myself, when I'm not reading my Bible every day, when I'm not seeing friends occasionally. I have such a hard time being a kind and compassionate and good parent. So take that time. Figure out what the self-care looks for you. Figure out how you can take care of yourself so you can be a better mom and a better person in general. Gentle parenting also is about not utilizing rewards because those are extrinsic motivators. So there's kind of the opposite side of a punishment is reward. Your children not only um, will be punished when you don't reward them. There's an entire book on it. It's called Punished by Rewards. And you not only are they punished when you don't reward them, which is an odd concept in itself, but if you really think about it, it makes sense. But when you are using sticker charts and other rewards, they're literally only doing those things for the rewards. It's the same thing like if you are constantly telling them how amazing they are and how great they are, which is really good for you to do. Like they should have good self-esteem. But the thing is, if you're constantly telling them, oh, you shared so good for you, I'm so glad you shared and you overdo it, then they actually, that praise becomes a reward and then they only want to share for the reward, right? It becomes a carrot on a stick and we want them to share or whatever it is to make those good choices because inside they want to make those good choices. So that is the intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and we really want on the inside for them to be motivated to make good choices. We've already talked about natural and logical consequences, which again is a very important part of gentle parenting, respectful parenting, Christ-like parenting, or just parenting as I tend to call it. I wanted to finish up. Hopefully I touched on everything. We touched on a lot of stuff today. If you have any further questions, ask in the NCM Facebook group or go ahead and just send us a message if you're not a part of the group or something like that. Just let us know and we will definitely give you a hand and answer some questions for you. But I wanted to leave you with some books and some resources. Some of my favorite books are as follows. 
No Drama Discipline, as I already mentioned, and The Whole Brain Child by Daniel Siegel and Tina Bryson. All these can be found on Amazon. Peaceful Parents, Happy Kids by Dr. Laura Markham. Great book. It talks about, it focuses on you as a parent and how you need to control yourself, essentially, and how from you having control and focusing and being centered um, can actually help your children become happier, more cooperative little people. Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Kahn. He also wrote the book Punished by Rewards. Unconditional Parenting is not a parenting book that you just want to jump into if you've never read anything about gentle parenting. If this is your first introduction to gentle parenting or respectful parenting, start with No Drama Discipline. It's a great place for you to start and it'll really help you understand the science behind why you would choose to parent this way versus just forcing your children to do what you want them to do. But unconditional parenting is great. It really pushes your parenting up a notch and really challenges you to think about a lot of the social norms and the social customs that we are used to. Siblings Without Rivalry by Adele Faber. That one is a really good one. I feel like this is a book that I'm going to reread every two or three years as my kids get older and their differences and issues change and develop and the relationships change and develop like with, with each other as they grow. So again, that Siblings Without Rivalry is a very good book. Another book of hers that she co-wrote with Elaine Maslish is How to Talk So Your Kids Listen and Listen So Your Kids Talk. There's also a new book out called How to Talk So Your Little Kids Listen and Listen So Your Little Kids Talk. Um, these books are really good. It's a really good way of learning how to use your words in a way that empower your kids and empower your message versus just yelling or threatening or bribing. Um, these books really help you to formulate a way to say something that will help your children to listen. And also it's important to listen to your kids because you want them to talk to you when they're older, right? You want them to run to you with their problems. You want them to be so secure in your relationship that if something goes wrong, their first instinct is to go to you for help, not to hide it or try to fix it and make it worse on their own. Heartfelt Discipline by Clay Clarkson is good if you are looking for a book that talks about the Bible and parenting. This really digs deep into the rod verses and the other verses in the Bible that are sometimes used to embrace or encourage us Bible believers to use punitive punishment and to spank our children. And this dispels all the myths regarding that. There is, There are some things in the book that aren't 100% in line with gentle parenting, but if you're looking for a discussion about the verses themselves, this book is a great resource. Parenting Without Power Struggles is one that I just recently finished. It's by Susan Stifelman, and it is pretty really good. It's really good. It's on my top, um, you know, 10 books or whatever on gentle parenting Because again, I have a son who's strong-willed and we do get power struggles because we are the same people, just, you know, in two different bodies. And um, so this allows me to sidestep power struggles 
by handling things better. And also, you know, it reminds me that I need to drop the rope. If I'm not pulling the rope, then we can't fight over, you know, tug of war on who's in control. Letting him have the rope, dropping the rope is not giving them control. It's just, I'm not attending this power struggle, period. End of story. I'm not doing it. You can have a respectful, gentle, cooperative relationship without engaging headfirst in power struggles like two, you know, rams headbutting each other. Like you don't need to do that. And finally, the last book I want to suggest is Playful Parenting by Dr. Lawrence Cohen. I have not read this book, but it is comes highly recommended from a good friend of mine who I go to with all my gentle parenting questions. And she highly recommends this one when we are able to parent playfully, when we are able to diffuse a situation with hugs, with tickles, with a little bit of game. Sometimes instead of going in, you know, to a situation where we're raising our voice and we're forcing our children to listen to us, then we are able to better help them by diffusing the situation from the start. Instead of going in and yelling and figuring out what's going on and telling them what they need to do, we can diffuse the situation from the start by starting by lowering their frustration by playing with them. Playful parenting is not permissive parenting. It is just a different type of gentle parenting where you are engaging with them at a level that helps them, you know, their entire body sigh and rest in you and in your presence instead of tensing up and getting into that, you know, that fight or flight or freeze mode. You don't want that because they're going to fight or they're going to run or they're going to freeze and none of that works out when it comes to cooperation. An online resource that I really love is ahaparenting.com. And I did mention that before. Dr. Laura Markham, the one who wrote Peaceful Parents, Happy Kids, runs this website, ahaparenting.com, A-H-A parenting.com. And she has ages and stages sections with um, articles for your toddler, your preschooler, your first grader, whatever um, age your child is, she has got different solutions. And the articles are super quick to read, which I need having three kids. I can't sit down and read like a 20 minute article. So I really highly recommend that. And she has different situations um, that the articles address. And then finally, a resource for me that has not only been a fulfillment of self-care, but has also helped me be a better Christian parent and a better gentle parent is the Sally Clarkson podcast. It's called At Home with Sally. And she is fantastic. Oh my goodness. I just listened to her and my whole soul is renewed with the godly wisdom that she shares. Having raised four children, she homeschooled them all. She is an amazing Christian woman. And her husband wrote the Heartfelt Discipline book. Sally also writes books and other things like that. But her podcast has been fantastic um, when it comes to both Christian and gentle, respectful parenting. So that was a lot of information, guys. I am so glad. If you're still listening, I'm glad that you stayed with me. Gentle parenting is a big topic. And this literally has been you know, well over 40 minutes of me just giving you an overview of gentle parenting. I didn't even get into details. This could have been, well, a book. There's tons of books written about it, as we've mentioned. I really encourage you to 
join our group if you haven't. And, you know, we have so many topics about gentle parenting specific to a situation of what's going on in a parent and child's life. So if you have questions, we are here for you. You can send us a message on our Facebook group or our Facebook page. We are here for you. You can find me on Facebook. Um, And I really hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And I pray that you listen to this information with an open, soft heart and that God is able to help you be a better mom today for your children. Your children are the future and we want a future that's not broken and okay in spite of how they were raised. We want to raise a future generation that is fulfilled, that is seeking God that has godly wisdom. I have three boys and it is such an honor to raise three godly men. It is a big deal. Same with you ladies who have girls. You know, we have been given such a blessing and such an honor and such request. I am humbled that God would trust me with three beautiful, amazing sons. And I'm doing everything I can to keep them whole, to keep them on the path to becoming the things that God has laid out for them. God has a future and a plan and a purpose and a destiny. And I want them to know that. But I also want their hearts and their minds to remain intact and not broken due to how I choose to parent. I want to help them and I want you to help your children too. So I'm so glad that you joined us. I am so glad that you were here listening to this friend. I am so glad. My heart is filled with joy because you chose to take the time. So thank you so much. Um, I really hope you have a great day. And thank you again for listening.